Hey folks, you own firearms? I do. Did you know that there's an easy way for you to let everyone around you quickly see whether your firearm is loaded or unloaded? Meet muzzle stick, barrel, and chamber flags. Muzzle stick, chamber, and barrel flags offer a way for anyone, whether they handle firearms or not, to quickly see the loaded or unloaded status of a firearm. That could save lives. Are you one of nearly 80% of firearms owners that keep a loaded gun out of the safe for personal protection? Well, Taking an extra precaution by using muzzle sticks, big bright barrel, and chamber flags will let everyone around you know if the firearm is loaded or unloaded. Muzzle stick does not recommend keeping a loaded firearm outside of a gun safe, but the reality is that some people do. And a clearly marked gun's status communicates to others around that may not have firearm handling experience and it is something that they would not want to handle. Muzzle stick is not intended to replace the rules of firearm safety. However, their chamber and barrel flags do offer firearms rapid clear identification, and that could save lives. It's time for you to do everything you can to be a safe and responsible firearms owner. Head over to muzzlestick, M-U-Z-L-S-T-I-K dot com to place your order. One more time, that's muzzlestick, M-U-Z-L-S-T-I-K dot com. After all, we only have one life to live. Hello, America. Happy Saturday. Ooh, a Saturday, right in the middle of the Labor Day weekend. One of my favorite holidays. The last great fling for the summer of 2023. We'll all be back to school and work and the regular fall routines in just a couple days. But let's savor this last weekend of summer with some fun. Now, I'm so grateful. If you're spending some time listening to this podcast this weekend, thank you for taking time out of your busy day, your busy life to listen to John Solomon Reports, the podcast, or read Just the News, the website, or download the Just the News apps in the Apple and Android stores, or subscribe to our daily newsletter at justthenews.com slash newsletter, or watch the show that Amanda Head and I do on Real America's Voice every night at six o'clock Eastern time called Just the News, No Noise. However you consume Just the News, however you support the Just the News advertiser sponsors, we are grateful. Thank you, including on this very special uh, Labor Day weekend. Now, we got a great show for you. Uh, three big guests, uh, all who are making news on the front lines of uh, America today. First up, Congressman Andrew Clyde. He is uh, the man uh, who has sponsored legislation that he hopes to get into the appropriations process this fall that would defund any federal prosecution of any U.S presidential candidate between now and election day 2024. In other words, hey, if you want to prosecute someone, no problem. Just wait to after the election. Let the American people make their decision. Obviously, this is aimed at President Donald Trump, but it would apply to any presidential candidate. Uh, Andrew Clyde's going to push that envelope. He's going to tell us why he's doing it, what sort of support he's getting in Congress, what's the pathway to see if this can be done. It's a big idea at a big moment in American history on the eve of the official kickoff. Labor Day is usually the official kickoff of a presidential election season. Andrew Clyde's going to kick us off on that venture at the top of the show. And then we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll have Lou Dobbs, one of the great journalists of all time, one of the great financial thinkers. Uh, he has a lot to say about the state of uh, all things that are going on in this country right now, the economy, uh, the truthfulness of our president, uh, what Congress should do uh, over the spending bills. Do they shut down, not shut down? Do they impeach, not impeach? Lou Dobbs is going to give us all his thoughts in the middle of uh, block of this great show today. And then we're going to wrap up with one of my uh, favorite guests, Brian Leib. Brian Leib is uh, a champion on fighting the growing scourge of anti-Semitism, not only in the United States, but across this world. This anti-Semitism 
rears its ugly head in so many forms. Sometimes it comes in nasty comments by members of Congress. Sometimes it is uh, espoused on college campuses in ways big and small. Uh, sometimes it's espoused in the United Nations or in the utterings, uh, the hateful utterings of Iranian government officials. Wherever anti-Semitism is, Brian Leib is on the front lines beating it down, and he is going to join us in the third block of the show today. That's a really great show. I'm, I'm really super excited about it. And I think you will be, too. There's some really great conversations, some news to be made in Andrew Clyde's efforts, for sure. I know a lot of people are going to want to uh, listen to that. Now, we have uh, so many great uh, sponsors in uh, this uh, uh, Justin News family. Uh, every one of them. One of them was on earlier this week. Muzzle stick. I'm a Second Amendment fan. I'm a proud gun owner. I'm a responsible gunner. I grew up in a house full of cops. Uh, we never touched a gun until we knew how to responsibly care for it, store it, use it and uh, make sure that no one else got control of it in a way that would be harmful. Uh, we learned it the old-fashioned way, but there's some new technologies, new capabilities out there for uh, making your gun safer, particularly for people who may not know uh, enough about guns and may not know to tell whether a gun is loaded or not. Muzzlestick, M-U-Z-L-S-T-I-K, is a great new product. It's a basically a chamber flag. When you put your gun away, whether you've locked it up or you've left out for a good reason, a safe reason, you put the chamber flag in there. It doesn't stop you from shooting or doing anything, but it lets any person know who might come across that gun if they open your lock or whatever. Hey, it's loaded or not loaded. That's a very important thing. It's a visual prompt. It's inexpensive. It brings all sorts of additional safety features, and it's not going to stop you if you ever needed to use your gun urgently. It is a great product. It's a great product. I've got some for me and my family members. You should too. Muzzle Stick. All you got to do is go to muzzlestick.com right now. M-U-Z-L-S-T-I-K.com. Unique spelling. But I'm telling you, it's a, 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 the spelling is as unique as the quality of this product. It's a great idea. I'm a Second Amendment fan. I'm a proud firearms owner. I'm also proud that safety is my number one priority. From the moment I touched and bought my first gun to this very moment, you should too. And muzzle stick is just one of the many things you can use to ensure additional safety around such an important item as a handgun or a rifle. All right, so go support them today. They support us, right? So go to muzzlestick.com. Go check them out and uh, tell them thank you for supporting John Solomon Reports in this great Just the News family that we're all in. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Congressman Andrew Clyde up first. He's got a big idea about defunding any federal prosecutions of presidential candidates in 2024. He'll tell us why, and it's likely success right after these messages. Welcome back, America. Earlier today, U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin, who happens to be an Obama appointee, set former President Donald Trump's trial date in Washington, D.C. for March 4th. 2024. Oh, the timing. That is just 24 hours before millions of Americans will go to their polling locations and vote for their choice for president in their state's primary election. Many of you know that day as Super Tuesday. And Georgia Congressman Andrew Clyde, who sits on the powerful House Appropriations Committee, is proposing two amendments that would prohibit the use of federal funding for the prosecution of any major presidential candidate prior to the upcoming presidential election on November 5th, 2024. And he joins us now to talk about that. Congressman, welcome back to the show. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Amanda. John, it's great to be with you this afternoon. Yeah, same here. Sir, you know, I think a, a lot of Republican voters over 
I don't know, the last 20 years or so since my generation has been paying attention to politics. They hear ideas like yours, these two amendments to the budget, um, and they, they think to themselves, oh, that, that's great, but I wonder if it'll ever get done. You have proposed these two amendments, and pedal's going to hit the pavement in a few weeks when Republicans go back to Capitol Hill, Democrats too, of course, after recess, and there's going to be a lot of hard work to get done. Do you expect to have a lot of support, at least across the Republican caucus, for these amendments in the budget? Oh, I certainly uh, expect to have a lot of support. Uh, this is a fight that we have to win here. This is not just messaging. I mean, you look at what this judge j that you mentioned, um, Chutkin, just did. Uh, here you have a blatant example of election interference, uh, scheduling a criminal trial uh, for Super Tuesday, the week of Super Tuesday. I mean, uh, you know, how more in your face can you get? I mean, the process here, whether there's a conviction or not, and I don't believe there ever would be, but the, the penalty is the process uh, in what we're seeing right now. I mean, you've got you've got three prosecutors, two state level, one federal. Uh, and what they're doing is these four sham indictments with 91 charges. Uh, and if this isn't election interference, uh, you know, then I don't know what this is. So we have to defund this at the federal level. That's what Congress does. We use the power of the purse uh, to make sure that our nation abides by the Constitution. And that's what we're doing here. So these two amendments, one which would uh, defund any federal prosecution. Now, that doesn't mean investigation. They can investigate all they want, but they cannot prosecute before the American people have their say in the matter. What as to who is going to become the next president of the United States. And then on the, on the state level, uh, it would deny all federal funding to any office, state or local office, that does the same thing, that prosecutes a major presidential candidate because the American people have to have their say. This is total election interference when you see the, the Department of Justice being weaponized with criminal prosecution of a of a political opponent. I mean, you have Joe Biden using the Department of Justice against his political enemy to to try and derail the campaign of his primary opponent. That's banana republic stuff. That is not what we do here in the United States of America. Yeah. So I want to ask about something that popped up over the weekend, a report that one of Jack Smith's prosecutors was meeting at the Biden White House during the middle of the classified document scandal. Uh, your thoughts on that and what Congress may do to look into that? I mean, I think that was a, a what, a, a 10 a.m. meeting on March 31st, just That's nine right. weeks prior to the first indictment that Jack Smith, uh, you know, handed down. I mean, here a senior aide from his uh, office meets with a senior aide from the White House, a deputy chief of staff, I think, along with the person from the FBI. I mean, what do you think they're talking about? You know, the White House log doesn't say, but but you don't think they're talking about the prosecution of President Trump? I think they are. Again, another example of election interference. Here we have the Department of Justice um, being weaponized to be the election interference arm of the Democrat Party. Uh, and, and so we have to do something about that. American people are screaming for Congress to do yeah. something about that. So we're going to do something about that. We are going to defund this. I believe that we'll have um, enough Republican support to, to carry this across the finish line and, uh, and get this in the, uh, in the justice appropriations uh, bill that has not gone through committee yet. 
So uh, I think it's a it's the opportune time to get that legislation into the base text of the bill. Congressman, there's there's something else that I think President Biden is missing the mark with respect to answering to the American people, because he obviously has had very, very limited to say uh, regarding his son's business dealings. And of course, that messaging has evolved, I guess I'll say. Uh, But he is having a major issue with respect to what happened in Maui and how that juxtaposes against Ukraine. He offered, what, $700 to every affected family in Maui, people whose who's, who's family members, their businesses, their homes were completely torched. And then we're up to, what, $113 billion in Ukraine. And there seems to be uh, a, a lack of synergy between what Republicans and Democrats want. How does Biden parse this going into next year's election when you have a very, very blue state like Hawaii who recognizes the difference between President Biden wanting to help Americans versus helping Ukraine? Well, I think you can see the priorities here of the Biden administration because people spend their money where their priorities are. And obviously, President Biden's priorities are in Ukraine and certainly not on our own people here in Hawaii. When you've got over $110 billion spent in Ukraine and you have just a minuscule amount uh, spent in Hawaii, I mean, that just tells you that the Biden administration cares more about Ukraine. And you got to think, why is that? I think this goes back to to Burisma, the the gas company there, and what do they know, uh, and what has transpired there. Uh, and I think you're you're going to see the high crimes and misdemeanors. You've got the the bribery. Uh, you've got uh, you know that the. FBI's form FD-1023 that highlights the $5 million for uh, Hunter Biden and the $5 million for Joe Biden. Uh, I mean, it's clear that there's tremendous corruption in Ukraine. And I think there's a, a, a plausible case for why Biden is so interested in protecting Ukraine, because he's in that really translates to protecting the Biden crime family. Sir, you have done such a great job of really pointing out the differences in treatment that President Biden and President Trump have received from the justice system, from the administrative state. A new example emerged today, the National Archives, which had no problem assisting in the raid of Donald uh, Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago or refusing to release his Russia collusion documents that he declassified. Today, they acknowledged in a FOIA that I I was involved with that they have 5,400 emails on Joe Biden's pseudonym email accounts but they're not going to give them up. We've got to sue to get them. Your thought on the National Archives, and are they putting their thumb on the scale of an election? Absolutely, they are. Here you have another example of a two-tiered system of justice where the National Archives are protecting the Biden crime family, and they're throwing President Trump and his family under the bus. Uh, You know, when you come to presidential records, uh, the president should be the one, according to the Presidential Records Act, He's the one that determines what is a a personal record and what is an official record. And they are not following the the Presidential Records Act when it comes to President Trump, and they're giving tremendous leeway to President Biden. Uh, So again, a a clear example of a two-tiered system of justice uh, and, and weighted against President Trump. Why? Because they're trying to protect the Biden family. They're trying to ensure that President Trump His campaign is derailed because the only way they can do that is through government intervention, which should never happen in a free country, never happen in the United States of America. So we've just got about a minute left. Um, I know that there are a number of things that Republicans are requiring be a part of the budget, one of which is border security. Georgia, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. is a hub of human trafficking, especially Atlanta Airport. 
We had on Congressman Glenn Grothman last week, he said between eight and 9,000 minors are trafficked across the border every month, uh, especially considering New York Governor Kathy Hochul's recent remarks about how the Biden administration is fueling the border crisis. Do you expect to have some Democrats join you on that? Well, I'll tell you this, uh, the Biden administration has become, in my opinion, the last link in the chain of human trafficking, and that's child human trafficking, and that's sex trafficking. You know, all of these crimes are directly um, at the feet of the Biden administration. I mean, they're responsible for this open border. And uh, so we have to address that on any continuing of resolution in any sort of a yes, funding sir. document, the open border has to be closed. Amen. Well, the Biden administration may be the last link in the chain, but you, sir, are the tip of the spear in fixing this problem. We appreciate your time on the show today. We'll have you back on again very soon. John and I have to take a very quick commercial break. We'll be back on the other side. We have the perfect next guest to help us break down the conversation that we just had. He is the host of The Great America Show and one of the most respected journalists in the business. He's Lou Dobbs, and he joins us now. Lou, welcome back to the show. Thank you for being here, sir. Amanda, thank you so much. Great to be with you guys. Yeah. Sir, you know, President Trump has so many uh, amazing, interesting personality traits, um, but we asked him a question regarding impeachment of Joe Biden. We obviously talked about a lot of different things. But President Trump gave a very measured, responsible and uh, magnanimous response with respect to impeaching Joe Biden. Because I asked him, I said, if House leadership came to you and said, should we do this? And there were two things he said. He said they need the bank records. Basically, they need hard evidence and it should be fair. Democrats did not offer President Trump any level of fairness. I think it's amazing that he says that that should be the M.O. going forward in proceeding. Uh, with impeachment for, for Joe Biden? Well, I, I think that uh, he would get no argument whatsoever from Speaker McCarthy, uh, Jim Jordan, James Comer, Jason Smith, or anyone uh, in Congress uh, who is responsible and themselves fair. They're being constrained here. They've already produced enough evidence in my judgment, and I think most Americans would agree, most Americans who are being honest and open-minded about this, the evidence that they've already produced about the the corruption, the pay-for-play, the outright bribery, all of this is clear uh, and clear enough to bring at the very least an impeachment inquiry, which requires no floor vote. It doesn't require any of that. Go forward as the prosecutors, which is the role of the House in an impeachment proceeding, and put the facts before the American people. It's critical we do that because right now everyone in this country knows our justice system is not fair, the justice system itself. And it's not because of some sort of, uh, uh, you know, haphazard occurrence in something. This has been an eight-year campaign of disinformation, uh, attempted uh, attempt, uh, attempts to bribe uh, various people as well, uh, whether they're it's Burisma and the Bidens, whether it is uh, an eight-year uh, investigation of Donald Trump, which has produced absolutely no wrongdoing. It's purely political uh, harassment. The court system is failing in this country because of the Marxist Dems uh, and their, their anti-American, anti-constitutional uh, agenda. 
we've got to, we've got to bring this to a head now because we cannot permit uh, 2024 to be uh, the last election in this country. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Lou, you and I had a conversation yesterday. It really spurred me thinking overnight. And I, the wisdom of the things you said. I want to recreate some of that here. Um, Barack Obama is lionized by the left. But on his watch as president, he had a secretary of state whose husband was shaking down Russian interests while she oversaw Russia getting speech fees and uh, donations to his uh, uh, charity. Uh, he had a vice president who uh, had a son going out shaking down every oligarch under his father's thing. Both the Secretary of State Clinton and Joe Biden had private email accounts and pseudonyms and things like that. And then he himself is told in the summer of 2016, hey, Hillary Clinton's going to play a dirty trick on Donald Trump and pretend to hang a, a Russian shingle on his house. And he doesn't stop it. He sits there quietly and allows his Justice Department to create a criminal investigation where there was no evidence of wrongdoing. Is it time for Americans to reassess Barack Obama's legacy and maybe ask him a few hard questions? Yeah, I think that certainly the investigation is, uh, to me, justified and important uh, for the country. I get asked a lot, I don't know about you guys, but I'm asked by a lot of people, uh, why is it that the Secret Service and all of these agencies are protecting Joe Biden? It just doesn't make sense. Well, it makes sense if you consider a couple of things. One possibility is that they're those in the Secret Service, the FBI and the Department of Justice are on the take. Uh, it, it, because all of the Biden, uh, the close Biden family and uh, his uh, team are obviously uh, on the take and have been for years, for crying out loud. It's crystal clear. It's in front of the American people. Uh, the, the reality is, though, Barack Obama was president of the United States. These are people working for him who were this, this corrupt whether it is Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State, whether it is Joe Biden as his vice president, do we really think the corruption ended there with the Obama presidency? What about the, the all of his intelligence uh, agent uh, agency chieftains that he had? We know they participated in a lie uh, in bringing forward the 51 signatures on that uh, open letter uh, calling the the laptop from hell Russian disinformation when every one of them knew that was a lie and knew that it was it had its uh, origins, if you will, uh, with not only Hunter Biden, but uh, the ruse by Hillary Clinton uh, and the attempts to frame President Trump in 2016. I mean, this is out outrageous. And it, the incipient point is not with the Biden presidency. It is with the Obama presidency. Yeah. And we know that the Clinton Foundation had to shut down because of the pay for play and all of the sordid questions around what she was doing and what the Clintons were doing and how much they were benefiting from it. We really have to look at how corrupt this government is and face facts. We know this federal government is absolutely controlled by the deep state and the Marxist Dem Party. There is no other explanation for what is happening, folks. The federal government belongs to the STEM party. Sir, you and John both just laid out uh, a, a great argument, a lot of reasons for people to be black-pilled and to be depressed about the state of our nation. But I have a little bit of a different outlook on it because I, I see a lot of victories happening. You see in polling that Americans are, are soundly rejecting wokeism, the transgender in, in young schools. Um, you see right. people moving away from public schools in general. 
more about, you know, free enterprise. Uh, obviously, the economy is bad, but also the reasons that you guys just laid out are good reasons to be positive because we didn't know this five years ago. We didn't know this two years ago. A lot of this information we didn't even know six months ago. So all of this information that we know now, I know on its face seems really bad, but knowing it, sunlight is the greatest disinfectant. Now we can actually fix it. Isn't that a, a reason to be joyful about the direction of the country? Uh, it, yeah. Joyful, uh, absolutely. When the American people are waking up to the realities, mm. I'm always. Uh, but I, I have I've known the truth about. I, have, I wish that it wasn't true to tell you the truth. But I've known what the Marxist stems have been doing throughout. We knew it was a ruse. We knew that the uh, Russian collusion story was absolute nonsense. We knew that the intelligence communities were lying to us with that letter. Uh, in the last moments for the last debate for Joe Biden in 2020. We knew that, and we knew what we were facing uh, when we went to the polls in 2020. Uh, it was clear. We knew that the FBI didn't investigate anything, even though the president, uh, President Trump's own attorney general lied and said there was. We knew that the uh, cybersecurity and infrastructure agency that was supposed to be presiding over the security uh, and assuring the security of that election were lying through their teeth. Uh, and we've, we were, I, I, all of us were reporting that at the time. We knew that our mm -hmm. colleagues at the New York Post uh, were correct uh, when they said the big tech and social media are shutting us down. They're censoring uh, conservative voices. We've known that. It's just taken this long to break through because the national left-wing media is complicit. They are the corporate legacy media that has been fighting for this corrupt uh, Marxist party and the deep state they are aligned. Uh, and it is they are the enemy of the people. Uh, and it works both ways. Uh, they've declared war on the American people, and that's why the weaponization subcommittee that Jim Jordan heads up is critically important, as well as all the other investigating committees. This is a time for truth, and this is a time for leadership. The Republican Party has to start now. They should be standing up for Clarence Thomas. Uh, Absolutely. He's actively, uh, and they all... It's just there's place after place, but one place right, right. there on Capitol, they've got to say, this is it. We're going to have yep, the impeachment. Enough is enough. It's now a, is it's the a moment. desperate That's moment. Right. Absolutely. Lou Dobbs, we love having you on. Everybody, go check out his podcast, The Great America Show. He has amazing guests like the one that was two boxes over from me, John Solomon. All right, everybody, go check that out. And we've got another block coming up after these commercial messages. We'll see you in just a few minutes. All right, folks, one more good one to go before we settle into the Saturday evening sun. Brian Leib, a man fighting anti-Semitism big and small from college campuses to Congress and everything in between in the United Nations in Iran, he speaks up to anti-Semitism because there is no room for hate and bigotry in this world. Uh, and he's going to give us an update on all the things going on in that very important battle against anti-Semitism. We'll have that right after these messages.
Welcome back, everybody. Just last week, Israel's Minister of Strategic Affairs, Ron Dermer, visited Washington, D.C. to talk about a peace agreement between Saudi Arabia and Israel. Now, it was during these meetings where our Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, told Dermer that the Israeli government is misreading the situation if they don't think they needed to make any concessions to the Palestinians as part of the deal. Now, these conversations come as the 2024 campaign season is soon to be in full swing and the Biden-Harris administration and desperately needs a big foreign policy victory after their first three years of disastrous losses internationally. So joining us now to talk about the Biden-Harris game plan and the ongoing discussions and rise of anti-Semitism in America is the executive director of Case Pack, Brian Lai. Brian, great to have you back on the show. Good to see you, my friend. Thanks so much. Great to be back. I want to ask you about this, this, first of all, these conversations, but also the deal that could result in it, because as we were just joking before, not joking, sad, I guess gallows humor, um, but as we were discussing before we came into this segment, the Biden administration really doesn't have any foreign policy victories. Um, If they were able to muscle this deal, this would be a very lone feather in the foreign policy cap, but Bibi Netanyahu is also stuck between a very hard rock and a very, very hard place with regards to this deal going forward. What are your thoughts? Well, the deal's not going to happen. Uh, the, the Biden administration continues to try and shove a square peg into a round hole over and over and over again, which is something career bureaucrats have done for many, many years uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, and it's never led to any type of peace deals or really any type of uh, success or progress in the Middle East. It took political outsiders, it took President Trump and his administration to take a different approach to the uh, lasting peace in the Middle East. And that's exactly what they did through the Abraham Accords. Um, you know, Biden administration is uh, really in for a rude awakening if they think they have any chance at playing any kind of a role uh, in bringing Israel and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia together. And, and there's two points to make on that. One. Uh, The Biden administration, or I should say Joe Biden in particular, uh, called the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia a pariah state. Second, Biden administration called uh, Bibi Netanyahu's government extreme. So if the U.S. wants to play a role in bringing these two countries together, maybe they should treat both of these countries with the respect that they deserve um, something that they have not been doing at all. So no, this, this deal is not going to happen. Uh, the U.S. Can, can try and tell Israel what to do as much as they want. At the end of the day, Israel is a sovereign nation. They're our most trusted ally in the Middle East. And we've got to start treating them with the respect that they deserve. Yeah, and you pointed out something I think a lot of people don't realize, but the amount of fraying between the United States and some of its traditional allies is at an all-time high. Saudi Arabia has been talking to China about changing currencies from the U.S. to the Chinese currency. There's a lot of different dynamics going on. It seems like uh, all the things that Biden's done to this point make any sort of negotiation with our allies much tougher. Uh, What is the, the net effect? If you're sitting in Israel, if you're sitting in Saudi Arabia, are you just waiting Joe Biden out? Well, I think these two countries have two options right now. One, they can do an end around on the Biden administration and they can try and strike a peace or normalization agreement together one on one. 
uh, or they can look to some of their partners in the region like the UAE or Bahrain, countries that have already made historic and lasting peace with the state of Israel. Uh, secondarily, if that's something they don't want to do, they can wait it out and they can wait to have uh, President Trump back in the White House because he's shown uh, them before through the Abraham Accords that he's capable of bringing these two, bringing these types of countries together, making that lasting and historic peace. Uh, and most importantly, I think, you know, when you're dealing with countries in the Middle East, whether it's Israel, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, UAE, Bahrain, Morocco, uh, these are countries that uh, demand respect. Um, and, um, and, and we should too, by the way, the United States of America, we should demand respect. Uh, but when we're not giving respect out on the world stage, we can't expect these other countries to return respect back to us. Great point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brian, I want to pivot to something that is equally as disturbing, the unfortunate resurgence and spike of anti-Semitism across America. Last time we had you on, we had you on to talk about City University of New York and the commencement address delivered by Fatima Mohammed and the disgusting things that she had to say during that speech. And now it seems that they have one up themselves. They have hired Mark Lamont Hill, who got pink slipped, I believe, from CNN for some disgusting remarks uh, after... And after which he, uh, I think there were complaints by the Anti-Defamation League. But he is now going to be a professor there at City University of New York. What does it say that even in the face of backlash after that speech by Fatima Muhammad, that they're willing to just kind of like up the ante a little? Well, it really makes you wonder and it makes you wonder, you know, what type of donors are supporting these institutions uh, that institutions are able to get away with these things, whether it was Fatima Muhammad's speech, which, as we discussed, was pre-approved by the administration, or whether it's bringing in Mark Lamont Hill from my hometown of Philadelphia. Uh, Mark Lamont Hill is, in my opinion, probably the most anti-Israel professor in this country. Uh, he was the one that, after returning from a trip uh, to Israel, spoke at the United Nations and he said, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. He went on to then call for all United Nations nations or countries, I should say, to launch a boycott and divestment of the state of Israel. Now, I, let's not mince our words here. When you when you utter the same slogans as Hamas and other terrorist groups, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. You're calling for the eradication of the state of Israel. You're calling for all of the Jews, Christians, and Muslims living inside of Israel that are Israeli citizens to be killed. That's exactly what these terrorist organizations want. And Mark Lamont Hill has had many uh, occasions and opportunities to walk his comments back. He has not. Uh, shame on Cooney for, for bringing him into the fold. I will tell you, I spoke with several members of Congress this morning uh, in the New York congressional delegation. They are very upset about this. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see some congressional action uh, at some point in the very near future uh, to hold Cooney accountable. Anti-Semitism has no place in this country. It most certainly has no place on our college campuses. Mark, we only got about 30 seconds left. Apartheid, you keep getting thrown at Israel. It's clearly very different. It's not what the situation was in South Africa four decades ago. How harmful is it to the cause of fighting anti-Semitism that it's so easily uh, bantied about? It, it, it's it's a bold-faced lie. When you look at Israel, uh, there is no apartheid. There are Muslims that serve on the Supreme Court, that serve in the Knesset, that serve in the IDF, that chair bank, that chair banking institutions, financial institutions. Uh, there is no apartheid in the state of Israel. So uh, thank you for setting the record straight. Maybe Mark Lamont Hill will get the notice uh, sometime soon. 
I don't think so. I don't think so, but we can, we can always hope, right? <laughs> Brian, we appreciate you always coming on the show. Everybody go check out his foundation, Case Pack. It's a great organization. All right, folks, that wraps up the Saturday edition of John Solomon Reports on this beautiful Labor Day week. And boy, the weather is great today. I hope you've been enjoying it and you're enjoying your family and you're getting a little bit of quality time before the fall grind begins. I love fall, but it also means a time of busyness. The the lazy days of summer quickly uh, morph into the very busy days of fall and winter. Uh, so I hope you're having some fun, maybe having a glass of wine, maybe going out and doing some target practicing responsibly with your firearm if you do make sure you go get a muzzle stick. They're supporting us. Muzzle stick are the chamber flags I told you about earlier in the show. Go to muzzlestick.com to go check them out and to go buy them. They're a great deal and they give you a good discount as a Justin Hughes family member. It's muzzlestick, M-U-Z-L-S-T-I-K.com. Go check them out. All right, have a great rest of your Saturday. We'll be back with a Sunday brunch edition. We've got some good ones, including Devin Nunes will be in the house on Sunday. You can't wait. You won't want to miss that. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org justnews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advice fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's donorstrust.org slash just news. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now.